the game we talked about this. I'm really looking forward to the Rose Bowl just because this is the first time a, uh, we've ever had a non-AQ team in a Rose Bowl, and I'm really excited to see how they stack up against Wisconsin, and maybe we can see whether the outside was actually better than the Big Ten this year, which would be a little disappointing, but I'm just looking forward to see what happens. I'm going to pick the Orange Bowl myself. I think Virginia Tech-Stanford, that's going to be something else to watch. Two great games there, though, and, and we're very fortunate, with the exception of the Fiesta Bowl, they have some great matchups, and... Yeah, it should be a great bowl season. But we will let you go with that. Final show of the semester. We thank you for listening in. For Michael Feinberg, I'm Chris Cudialis saying good night and go blue. Gathers is Washtenaw County's food rescue and food bank program. Every day throughout the year, we fight hunger where we live. Call us at 761-2796 to find out how you can volunteer, how you can donate money, how you can donate food. Call us at 761-2796 to find out the role you can play in fighting hunger. How you doing? Uh, this is Mike, and this is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food, and our regular Pandora's Lunchbox theme has the sniffles. It's propped up on the recliner with uh, a plaid bathrobe with one of those uh, heating pads on, on its head, and it's, it's, it's also in mono. It's in mono. It's not in digital. It has mono. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and this is our Christmas party or something. Every year we get together at this time, we join together, and we come up with what it is we're going to do as we go along. This is sometimes a show about food, and some of what we will talk about today will be about food, but in the meantime, this is a special, special time of year when something very special happens. And this is a time when we eat, we share food together. But sometimes we get eaten, and that's something we want to try to avoid. Now, on that somber note, let's start with the proper respectful tone here. Here is Sheb Woolley and Santa Claus and the Purple People Eater. Driving his reindeer through the sky The sleigh trail winds along the Milky Way Going all at once across the night Came a burning streak of light Sputnik heading straight his way All of the reindeer shook with fear What'll we do, oh Santa dear That Sputnik is bound to hit the sleigh One big eye, and he was rocking down that milk. 
some very nice outer space saxophone at the end there. That is perhaps one of the most beloved Christmas carols. That is Santa and the Purple People Eater by Sheb Woolley. He's the fellow who brought us the original Purple Eater, One-Eyed, One-Horned, Flying, and all of those things. And that is the deluxe Christmas edition. So stay away from Sputnik, and the Purple People Eater won't eat you for Christmas. I think that's the lesson we can take away from that. So, here's some exciting news here from the UPI, which I think is once owned by Sun Young Moon. I don't know if it still is, but tired of barbecue chips? Here comes haggis. I know, I know. This is from Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you, Ron, for bringing this to my attention. Scotland's national delicacy, haggis, will soon be available to American snack hounds oh! in potato chip form. Sorry, you know, there were a lot of sound effects on that last record, and I think I got the sound effect bug. I don't know what the the cure for that is. But nonetheless, American snack hounds will soon be able to get haggis in potato chip form, according to a North Carolina importer. Great Scott International announced this week it would have Mackey's haggis and cracked black pepper chips on display at its booth at the annual Fancy Food Show in New York next month. We knew that flavors with a Scottish twist are popular because haggis and cracked black pepper is our best-selling flavor, according to Kristen Mackey. Haggis is the legendary blend of various various sheep organs and parts, various ones, traditionally simmered in a casing made of sheep's stomach and served with great ceremony at holiday banquets and other festive highland and lowland occasions. Mackey said it was able to replicate the distinct flavor of haggis, which it, is descri- which it described as nutty, on chips, along with a shot of pepper. The chips won Product of the Year at the 2010 Scottish Food and Drink Excellence Awards. So if you're looking for food and drink excellence, you can't go wrong with haggis-flavored potato chips with cracked black pepper. Cracked black pepper, it's hard to say. However, if you're looking for a more seasonal treat, then perhaps haggishunt.scotsman.com will have the solution for you. How about a Christmas haggis? I know. I know. There's going to be a lot of that, this show. A lot of I know because we know. Now, Christmas haggis says here, with the festive season loitering menacingly on the corner, giving you funny looks, why not try this new way of presenting the great chieftain of the pudding race? I should tell you what Chieftain of the Puddin' Race is a reference to in a moment. Something we'll be talking about next month, too. Ingredients. A fine haggis, cooked, half a cup of whiskey, not the malt, a little butter, and a thistle head. Method. Take the pudding, take a pudding basin and, using kitchen roll, grease it thoroughly with the butter. Now take the still, warm haggis. Mmm. Cut it open. Yeah, and stuff the contents firmly into the bowl until it is filled to within one inch of the top. Smooth it over. Wrap the bowl up in greaseproof paper, tie string around it to form a handle, and sit it on an upturned saucer in a pan of simmering water. The water should come about two-thirds of the way up the sides of the bowl. Let it simmer for half an hour or so. You aren't cooking the haggis, but heating it through thoroughly. Next, take your finest plate, of course, and using tea towels and oven gloves, oven glovens, divest the pudding bowl of the paper and invert it onto the plate. The haggis should emerge with a satisfying plop. Would that everything should emerge with a satisfying... No. Be careful now. If you aren't generally the person in your household who ignites the Christmas pudding... This is quite menacing. What do they talk about? this festive season loitering menacingly around the corner. Maybe it was because people were igniting things and throwing. 
them. If you aren't generally the person in your household who ignites the Christmas pudding, now is the time to wake said person up and summon him or her into the kitchen. He or she will need to don the oven gloves, the oven glovens, then pour the whiskey into a metal soup ladle and hold it above a glass, hold it above a gas cooker ring until it ignites. Quickly pour it over the haggis, and as soon as the flames begin to subside, put the thistle head on top. Bear it proudly to the table. Serve with clapshot or bashed neeps and tatties. We will have a translation for that in just a moment. In the meantime, though, an exciting Michigan twist to all of this Scottish celebration. Michigan now has an official tartan. This is true from the Associated Press from Alpina. Governor Granholm has named a design by Alpina-based weaver Katie Meek as the Great Lakes State's official tartan. Meek's creation is titled Up North and uses a combination of greens, browns, red, and blue. The Scottish-American Society of Michigan says it represents the beautiful colors seen in Michigan's waterscapes. Well, there you have it. Well, what better way to sing in the new Michigan tartan and Christmas haggis then, with a little bit of Joseph Spence. Oh, 
Oh, thank you. That's Joseph Spence and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Ah, that's uh, from a compilation here that I don't know is available commercially on Ryko Disc. Remember good old Ryko Disc way back in the 1990 types? Ryko Disc had a collection called Christmas All Over the Place. Again, not sure if it's available to the general public, but nonetheless, Joseph Spence. Yes, indeed. Well, this is Ann Arbor. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. This is CBN of the WFM. I'm Mike also. And coming up this weekend, well, we've had some fun events in the Ann Arbor Ipsy area. We had the DIY Ipsy, correctly pronounced Dipsy. We had the Tiny Expo, the Krampus Costume Ball. And coming up this weekend is the Mitten Made Holiday Craft Show. That's at the Blue House which describes itself as a handmade studio. It also is, in fact, a blue house. That's this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. What is the Mitten Made Holiday Craft Show? Well, it's a show featuring a bunch of folks from the Mitten State, being Michigan, with their crafts and their creative ideas and making making stuff available just in time for the holidays. Some of the people involved are Burnt Desserts, Burnt desserts have been seen around the area. They were spotted recently at the Dipsy, in fact, last week. If you're looking for felt pins, whimsical felt pins that look like, say, a chocolate-covered strawberry or a fortune cookie with the fortune sticking out of it or a cream-filled donut or sushi with wasabi and ginger, well, those have been spotted wherever burnt desserts is or are. And burnt desserts will be at the Holiday Craft Show. Also at the Holiday Craft Show will be Slow Gin Fizz. And what is Slow Gin Fizz? Well, it's a drinky. Yes, it's a little drinky. But also, Slow Gin Fizz creates quirky drawings, cheerful drawings, sometimes inspired by song lyrics or poetry or overheard conversations or other such inspirations. Slow Gin Fizz is going to be there. I should mention, I thought to myself... How funny the phrase slow gin fizz is and thought, slow, why does it take so long to fizz? Well, actually, it's not S-L-O-W. I looked it up, so now I know. It's S-L-O-E. What is slow? It's also, slow is, as another name, the blackthorn. What is it? It's a small, sour, dark purple fruit, usually from the Allegheny plum bush. A small, sour, dark purple fruit, perhaps eaten by a small, sour, dark purple fruit eater. We should ask Sheb Woolley about that. Gin, of course, as you may know, is a strong liquor flavored with juniper berries, and so a slow gin fizz consists of slow and gin. And drinking it slow might be safer, depending on what you're doing in the meantime. Now, we're talking about the Mitten Made Holiday Craft Show at the Blue House. By the way, it is a Blue House. It is located at 1026 South Main Street, across from the U of M Stadium at which they just had a very confusing hockey game in a football stadium last weekend. But also at the Mitten Made Holiday Craft Show, other folks including Little Sister Designs, Marta England, Courtney Fisher, The Sweet Sugar Beet. What is The Sweet Sugar Beet? The Sweet Sugar Beet creates handmade bags and accessories. Then there's Butterbean Inc. and other vendors, Needle Knots. Needle on, needle on, I like that. So Mitten Made Holiday Craft Show at the Blue House, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Now, if you've just had a slow gin fizz, here's a little advice you might want to take into account. Christmas in jail, Christmas in jail, had a little too much to drink. Ain't got no bail, ain't got no bail 
the sound effects on that one, too. I wonder if Sputnik's going to fly through the jail and rescue him. It's hard to say. That was Christmas in Jail by a group ominously named the Youngsters. Well, they've got off on the wrong foot, wouldn't you say? Anyway, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food, and this is the Christmas party or something. I have some good news, actually. Some bonafide, unironic good news. Wait for it. This is from the website DetroitMakeItHere.com. Uh, There's something called the Sugar Hill Arts District, and aside from having sugar in it, which always interests me, as everything with sugar does, it's an arts district in Midtown Detroit that's been approved for tax credits by the Michigan Economic Growth Authority. The Sugar Hill Arts District is a university cultural center association. It's a project to develop several blocks between Woodward Avenue and John R. Street in Detroit into a residential and business area for artists. Part of the district or the Museum of Contemporary Art Detroit, also called MOCAD, is part of that district, and the Detroit Institute of Arts is a short walk north. It's a brownfield tax credit. It's valued at more than $2 million. It will go toward a $16 million project to redevelop four vacant residential buildings. So that's happening in Detroit. Drawings are still coming in for the project, which is expected to be complete somewhere in the middle of 2012. Anybody interested in becoming a tenant can call Zachary and Associates at 313-831-6100. So again, the Sugar Hill Arts District in Detroit has been approved for tax credits to come up with a residential and business area for artists. And I read about that here in the in the website called DetroitMakeItHere.com. Well, we're going to have an update on uh, Jack Abramoff in just a moment. I know you've been wondering what's going on with Jack Abramoff. But first, let's take a moment to hear a little more Christmas music. Just a snidge, snidgen, a snidgen, if you can hear me. Here's uh, some fog hat. Here you go.
uh, thanks, Foghat. Appreciate your stopping by. I um, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, that's Foghat. <clears throat> so Pandora's lunchbox here. I'm gonna have to look a little more into some information that I have here because it looks like the state of Michigan has passed some legislation. Well, actually, the state legislature has passed legislation to allow moose hunting in the Upper Peninsula. And this is something that still needs to go past Governor Granholm's desk. But there was recently a member of the state legislature who said that it would actually be an economic boon to people up north who are looking for jobs in selling, you know, guns and tags. And I don't know what I'm saying because I don't hunt. But nonetheless, the fact is that moose hunting will soon, hopefully, some say, be allowed in Michigan. We'll look at some moose hunting recipes in just a moment. In the meantime, Jack Abramov, you're going, okay, what, what about Jack Abramov? Here's the story. From the Associated Press, Jack Abramov has left his pizzeria job. That's right. Jack Abramov's nearly six-month stint working at a kosher pizzeria has come to an end. The disgraced Washington lobbyist picked up his final check from Tove Pizza on December 3rd, according to owner Ron Rosenbluth. That was his official release date from the U.S. Bureau of Prisons. He's now serving three years of probation. Abramoff was released from federal prison June 8th, but was on home confinement until the official end of his four-year sentence for fraud, corruption, and conspiracy. He wore an electronic monitoring bracelet. After his release, he was sent to a halfway house that hooked him up with a job at Tove Pizza a modest kosher pizza in a heavily Jewish section of northwest Baltimore. Abramoff is an Orthodox Jew and wore a yarmulke to work. Rosenbluth told the Associated Press that he enjoyed his time working with Abramov, who developed marketing and customer outreach strategies. Obviously, we're dealing with a tough economy. I was able to get some of his expertise in marketing, Rosenbluth said. It was interesting. It was nice. He was very helpful. While Abramov was under no obligation to continue working at Tove Pizza, Rosenbluth said he might stop by occasionally as he pursues other employment opportunities. Abramoff was sentenced in 2006, this isn't something you often hear about pizza employees, to nearly six years of for a fraudulent casino deal. He got a concurrent four-year sentence in 2008 for conspiring to defraud the government, corrupting public officials and defrauding his clients in a separate case. Abramoff cooperated with the Justice Department after his convictions, helping explain how he manipulated government decisions and who else was involved. The scandal led to the convictions of 20 people. Abramoff once charged his clients $750 an hour and entertained them with free meals worth thousands of dollars at Signatures, his Pennsylvania Avenue restaurant. At Tove Pizza, frequented by conservative and orthodox Jewish families from Baltimore and nearby Pikesville, a slice of cheese pizza costs $2.26. So that's what's happening with Jack Abramoff. This is an article by Ben Knuckles from the Associated Press. Thank you very much for that. And we'll try to bring you as many Jack Abramov updates as we can as the time goes on. But we're listening to music of the holidays right now. Staying in Baltimore for just the moment here, this is from A John Waters Christmas. It's Fat Daddy by Fat Daddy. This is a song all about Fat Daddy.
Santa Claus. I tell you, nobody says Santa Claus like Fat Daddy. That was Fat Daddy with his song Fat Daddy from a John Waters Christmas. Fat Daddy, a DJ from Baltimore, like Jack Abramoff's from Baltimore. Maybe they can get together and spread some holiday cheer. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Thank you for tuning in. Reminder again that the Mitten Made Holiday Craft Show is this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Blue House which is at 1026 South Main Street. It is, in fact, a blue house, and it's right across from Michigan Stadium. Information is at bluehouseannarbor.com. Thank you for listening, and coming up next, Arwolf will help us to face the music, which is a very good idea. Have a wonderful whatever it is you're doing, and this is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor going out on a strangely graceful note here. Here are the Roaches and Adeste Fidelis. Yeah.
This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement, student-run experimental experiential radio from the University of Michigan with lots of community involvement. Outreach, you want outreach? That's what this is. It's a cultural hemorrhage. It's time for Face the Music. This is the Tarantella. I send this, I'm not going to talk very much this hour. I'm sending the show out to my friend Phil Phillips down in the Great Southwest and his choppers and also my orange kitty, Vishnu Joe, and his chops. It's all about feeling better. <laughs> 